After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a couple months. It is time for season two to start. Yay. What are you looking forward to (laughs) in season two, Lisa? I'm just looking forward to continuing the conversations. We've been able to talk about so much and cover so much and what we've heard from people who are listening. It's really encouraging and I'm excited to jump back in. Yeah. Season one, we had a lot of interviews with guests, different leaders and nonprofits. And and this year, uh, we're just looking forward to continuing some conversations. Uh, We may have some guests. We may not have as many guests, uh, but we are really, really pumped about what's coming down the pipe for Legacy Builders Movement. And uh, today, to kick it all off, to start off season two, we're having a conversation about time management. Yes. Um, I was in a group for nonprofit leaders today, and it was really interesting because, you know, everyone has the same types of issues. It doesn't matter what organization you're a part of, what your cause is. There are some issues that are just kind of fundamental. And someone posted the question. They said, you know, I had another board meeting and none of the board members showed up. Yet again, right? Didn't yet, they say again. yet again. None of the again. And all of the red sirens, like the red flags and sirens wailing, like went off in my head. Because this, for this person, they were just frustrated that people weren't taking it seriously. For me, I was like, whoa, your nonprofit has a massive time management issue. Mm-hmm. Like people, time is the biggest resource that you have as an organization when you're getting started. And when you become more established and grow, it becomes the most valuable resource that you have. Absolutely. And especially for people like your board members, chances are they're they're probably influential people who are accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. Time is the most important thing for them too. And uh, there's something about that situation that screams either they don't see that meeting as a valuable use of their time, or you're not putting in enough effort to try to make sure that everybody's there. So that way it isn't a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. And that... And unfortunately, time is the one resource we can't just get back. Like right. once it's gone, it's gone. Money, you can like if you have a low month, you can, you know, you can get it back. You can like have a better month next month. Time is kind of like once it's over, sorry, it's it's gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm super excited to have this conversation because we understand the value of the resource. And I think there's a lot of people that talk about time management on a personal level. But understanding time management on an organizational level, uh, super, super important. Yeah. So let's uh, l- let me just ask you a question right away. When you see, we, we, you know, I think we've all heard, like you said, time management on a personal level stuff with things like, you know, marking off your day, making sure you have like a schedule and and uh, making sure that you don't do the things that you don't really need to be doing that are sort of work avoidant, like all that stuff. That's all personal time management. There's probably a bajillion podcast episodes out there from various channels to to talk about that. But when you think of organizational time management, Lisa, what are the couple things that stand out to you as the biggest enemies of good time management? (laughs) Meetings. 
<laughs> wow. I waited for uh, you to finish your question. How do you really feel about that? How do I really feel? Um, meetings, like by and far, meetings. Um, secondly, I would say organizations that expect all of their members or their staff members or their key volunteers or whatever to have their phones around them 24-7 so that they can always be easily accessible. Um, I do think it's important for leaders and different people collaborating to have moments where they're able to connect so that things can get moving along quickly. I think a lot of times just a face-to-face 30-second conversation is way more valuable in terms of time than a bunch of emails back and forth. Absolutely. But at the same time, people need that time where they can <clears throat> really block off their own time and say, for this hour, I am not going to have any distractions. I'm not going to even have my phone in eyesight. Because if you can see your phone, your work productivity goes down. I think it's almost 50% last time I read. If you can just see your phone. <clears throat> mm-hmm. If your and, phone is in your vicinity, if you can see it or if it's physically on you. Yep. And I think we've all experienced that. I mean, there, you know, if you've ever experimented with leaving your phone in a different room or putting it in a drawer or, you know, turning it off and putting it out, out of eyesight, you know that you are very productive during that time because you're able to actually focus. Our phones represent connection to everything else, mm-hmm. literally everything else, entertainment, fun, work other work, you know, hobbies, everything, family, um, friends, right? And so when your phone is there, it's it's literally like screaming at you. Look at all these things you're saying no to right now. Mm-hmm. And that can be very, like, it takes so much self-control. And I don't think a human being has enough self-control yeah. to, to deal with it. By the way, I just saw this really interesting uh, video. I think it was a tweet, actually. Somebody was re- replying to a tweet, but it was it was uh, thinking of all the time that we spend on our phones. Why don't we ever dream with our phones? Like, have you ever had a dream where you're like texting? No. Crazy, right? There's something about the human brain that almost like it's like I doesn't don't want count, this. It doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count it as like real or or something but i think that has that's that's important this conversation maybe a little bit that just like psychologically the the phone is a useful tool but it can be a very dangerous distraction yeah um and and i agree with you i think this is a huge huge issue so knowing when to have meetings and knowing how to structure those we'll talk about that in a little bit more but also knowing how to uh let people silo off a bit and have times where they know that they're going to be able to be reachable and you know they're going to be able to be reachable and also times where it's like this is this time is set aside for people to be able to work without distraction Mm -hmm. and that is so extremely important yeah i know for myself there are days that i'll come into our office and just say hey i need the office and i need to not be interrupted for 45 minutes. And there are some work that I can do where my family can come in and out. Ted can pop in, ask me a question. If my phone rings, it's not a big deal. But then there are other times, especially in the problem solving, um, the creative mode, the moments where you're really trying to figure something out and push it forward, that if someone comes in and interrupts, it's done. It's like, okay, well, now I have to try and get back into the flow of what I'm working on. And I think sometimes we set ourselves up to not be able to get into the flow of really good, high quality, and high productive work. That's good. Um, I think a lot of that takes 
knowing yourself mm-hmm. too because i would say the creative part and the fig- like coming up with ideas and like that sort of stuff for me that's the part where i want people to interrupt like yeah. i need the shake up mm-hmm. and, and i'm like you know if you've been listening to this podcast for any number of episodes you know that lisa and i are kind of polar opposites when yep. it comes to work structure and just how we do things i'm more of like the floaty sort of one and she's more of like the i need the structure um in certain ways though right mm-hmm. like it's yep. it's interesting how that's not a hard and set rule right but going back to uh the just the the phone thing and needing the structure and needing the distractions to be gone that is an organizational thing that has to come from the top yes um, absolutely protecting your volunteers your leaders your staff members time is something that they can try to do but it's gonna be best if it comes from you saying listen i want to protect your time i i want to make sure that you're not being distracted by um everything coming at you as well as from me mm-hmm. for the leader of the organization um you have those staff members there to be able to offload stuff too that's that's why they're there, but practicing that self-control and being able to manage yourself as a leader enough to be able to say, okay, what things have to be tra- communicated right now and have to be received right now versus what things can be communicated now but received later versus what things are don't even need to be communicated. <laughs> like, yeah. what, like what's the, what's absolutely? I know for me personally, I have a tendency to like over communicate stuff that really they they just didn't need to know and they didn't care about and it doesn't affect their work at all (laughs) like that's just me i like to talk i like to i like to randomly walk into co-workers offices and stuff like i'm the person who comes in and like shoots a nerf gun at you like i'm the (laughs) yeah the distractions (laughs) that can be nice and good for certain people at certain times but can also be really really bad (laughs) right and this is something where you really have to facilitate the work relationships between the people within your organization. Um, As a leader, if you aren't willing to allow people to have that time where they don't have to respond um, and they can really just focus on what they need to do, um, you are essentially cutting the productivity of your organization by like a a high degree, Um, simply because you're saying me communicating something with you that you may or may not need to know right now is more important than you being successful and accomplishing what it is that you're trying to do. Um, At the same time, within your organization, that also helps facilitate boundaries to other people where people can know, all right, I'm working and I have my door open, so Ted might come in and shoot me with a Nerf gun. Um, (laughs) Or I have my door closed and I understand that's going to be respected across the board because that has been modeled from the leadership and from the peers. Um, And so it really is something that if you want to use the resource of time and really steward it well and manage it well, you have to be willing to, one, lead with it, but then two, allow other people to set those boundaries, but then help everyone craft those boundaries in a way where it helps the organization move forward and doesn't like halt progress. Because there are times that you need that communication. As a leader of the organization, too, it's so important to understand personal time management and how that can be different for different people Mm -hmm. and what different people need. Because you need to be able to communicate that and facilitate the culture of time management. Um, It it can't just be something where you just let people just kind of go and do their own thing. 
Uh, people come from various backgrounds, different levels of understanding of what good time management is, um, and maybe like what good meetings look like. And so you have to understand and do your research, research and learn like group psychology on how meetings work best and mm-hmm. group psychology on how uh, people work together. And you have to like, as the leader, you have to facilitate that. Yeah. It, if you don't uh, touch on that, talk on that, encourage and lead your teams to be able to manage time well together, they're just, it's going to devolve into chaos. And you're going to have a lot of uh, interpersonal like drama that you didn't need to be dealing with before when someone who needs to have their door closed a lot more often is frustrated with the person who needs to have their door open a lot more often. Mm -hmm. It's just stuff like that is stuff you want to head off before it even comes down the pipe and establish a good working understanding with your teams of what good time management looks like and what good team time management looks like. Speaking of good team time management... We should talk about meetings. I was just going to say, I, I really want to talk about how terrible meetings are. So, I think everybody so, has been in bad meetings. Absolutely. So before we start, um, last fall, I was getting ready for a workshop. And as part of the workshop, we were doing some goal planning um, and just some other putting, yeah, just, you know, end of year stuff. And I was supposed to come in with a quote that really felt true and resonated with me. And I couldn't find one. And so Ted was like, you know what, I'm just going to make up a quote for for you. And I was like, this, that's not how this works, though. Like, I'm supposed to come in with a quote. And he's like, no, 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 I haven't. Do you remember it? I I don't, but I I, I kind of remember it being funny. So he said, I have, he's like, I came up with your quote. He said, this meeting could have been an, could have been an email. This email could have been a phone call. This phone call could have been a text. Why are you texting me? <laughs> Quote, Lisa Snyder. <laughs> and I laughed so that is, hard. That is really genius. I am really smart. <laughs> Good job, Ted. <laughs> but it made me laugh because there are so many times that I have sat through meetings or I have been on the phone with someone and a phone call that starts out with, hi, how are you? Here's where this is, blah, blah, blah. I just had to ask you this one question. And it's a yes or no answer. Um like those are oftentimes I'm like, that could have been a text message. Like we could have just gotten through this really quickly and it wouldn't have had to, you know, like have an actual big like interruption in my day. I understand the need for a relationship, but there's a time and a place when I'm maybe not in the middle of other work. Um, but meetings, when you said that, this meeting could have been an email. I think that all the time. I think everybody thinks that all the time. There are so many meetings. We've um, sat in on meetings for other nonprofits. We have been in meetings over the course of our lives. We have... We've run meetings that are bad. Yeah, we have run meetings that are bad. We have meetings where, you know, we sit down. We've gotten to a point where we sit down. If we are going to meet with each other, we have a very clear goal. And here's what we're going to accomplish. Because we just understand that meetings are the biggest waste of time. Because it's not only that you are using your hour... It's it's the hours and the minutes of every single person the in the meeting. Hours. And usually the meetings have like the top like top people in them. Just think you know, about it. You don't have a lot of meetings for like all the people who are doing base base level stuff. If you have one meeting that has 20 people in it and that meeting lasts 2 hours, that is 40 hours. You just spent a whole work suite, work work week, 
work week? A work week. A work week. Thank you. Worth of money and time. Like in that meeting. Yep. And if it's an executive meeting, you spent way more money because chances are they're probably getting paid more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've really got to think through like, this is not a good time to waste time. And then think about the amount of leadership capital that you spent, um, the amount of energy that was put into it. I think a lot of times we think, oh, a meeting will be more efficient because it'll only take an hour. But when you actually add up the time for each person there, you don't realize how much is actually being spent in that one hour. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a little bit. It, that should hurt a little bit when you think about how much money you've spent at meetings. That's without getting it catered, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how much money are you spending by just holding a half hour meeting with 10 people? That's a lot of money. You better make sure that that meeting is worth the time for everybody who's in there. If there are people in there that don't need to be in there, guess what? They shouldn't need to be in the meeting. They're going to be glad that they didn't have to be in a meeting that they just sat through and walked out later and said, why was I even in that? Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't need to be in that. Um, it was an interruption in the things I'm trying to, to get done for the organization. And so how do you how, how do you address meetings? Actually, I'm going to ask myself that question because I've led a lot. Here, of I'll meetings. ask you. How do you address <laughs> meetings, Dad? Wow, I'm so glad you asked. Um, no, uh, the first thing I, I always make sure that I do is understand what, what are we trying to get out of this meeting? And you have to ask this, especially of the standing meetings, like the ones that happen every week or like Mm -hmm. every day or whatever. You have to always ask what's the purpose of this meeting so that way we're not wasting people's time. Because the more that you waste time by having meetings, the less likely it is people are going to show up for them. People are going to want to be showing up late for them. They're not going to bring their best to the meeting. Like you need to make sure as the leader of that meeting that it is power packed, highly valuable for everybody in the organization. They walk away saying, wow, I'm so glad we had that meeting. Like this would have been a mess without that. Yeah. The other thing is if you don't show up always asking what the point of the meeting is, the point will um, accidentally change over time. 100%. Yeah. So there, um, we recently worked with an organization um, to get some of their leadership system set up. And we were very clear, you need to have a meeting. It needs to be like they had one meeting in particular that, that they needed to have. We're like, this meeting in particular needs to be less than 30 minutes and it has to be leadership focused. No detail should be discussed. No, like, what does the order of this thing look like should be discussed. All of that can be handled outside the meeting, but this meeting has to be leadership growth, leadership focused, leadership, 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 and actually moving the organization forward. Not the details on how you're going to carry out those things. Yeah, not a maintenance meeting. Not a maintenance meeting, not a let's disseminate all the information meeting, not a, hey, remember this event is coming up next week meeting, like a leadership meeting. And the minute that that meeting stops being a leadership meeting, stop the meeting. Yep. Like that's it. And I think it's really, really easy, I think, as people, because having a meeting about leadership, um, I think our natural tendency is to default to what seems easier. And a lot of times easier is discussing details Hmm. rather than discussing ideas or even discussing um, like bigger picture things that could really change how the organization functions and the systems of the organization. Yep. So once I've established like what is the goal of this meeting, like what I'm, what are we walking out of this meeting having? Mm-hmm. Then who needs to be at that? 
like because just especially just because you have a meeting that's on the calendar every week doesn't mean that everybody who normally is at that needs to be at it, especially if the goal has shifted a little bit. So really dig in and be okay with changing things just to change things. Um, trust me, like sometimes you'll feel like, oh, but this person's going to feel left out if they're not in the meeting. Like chances are they're going to be grateful if they feel useless in the meeting to not have to be in it. Mm-hmm. And you can and you can figure out how to have a different meeting with a different purpose. Like if you need to have meetings so that way some so people feel valued, you can have a different kind of meeting for that. You don't have to have uh, an organizational leadership meeting. Right, but create a <laughs> meeting then that's actually valued to, to that person. Yeah. So that the organization is actually helped. 100%. So then you want to figure out who needs to be at that meeting and really be ruthless about that. Um, you know, if if it's a meeting where somebody's assistant needs to be at it, but that person doesn't need to be at it, like, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. bring their assistant in. Um, it's okay to break, quote unquote, break the rules a little bit about, okay, it's an executive meeting. Okay, so what's the purpose of the executive meeting? Well, we're going to discuss marketing strategy. Okay, so really, it's a marketing meeting. Mm-hmm. And you just need the marketing people. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't need all of the executives. You might need one of the executives, <clears throat> but there might be another executive who it's just should not be at the meeting. Maybe it's because it doesn't apply to them, or maybe it's because they don't think in a way it actually helps and benefits marketing because of the skills that they have are just in a different area. Yeah, meetings are a system that um, can be really, really dangerous or really beneficial, but really you have to be willing to change things up because every organization is different you have to be willing to to say some people should be in the meeting that normally like maybe another organization might not say should be in that meeting uh a really great organizational leader once said you need to build your systems in a way that the right people can be at the table and mm-hmm. the wrong people don't have to be at the table uh, meetings are a great example of that if it makes sense to have a volunteer leader in a meeting because of their expertise and because of what they can bring to that meeting, just because they're not staff doesn't mean they shouldn't come to the meeting. Like right. that's that's an example of building a system that is rigid and cannot form to be effective. Yes. Yeah, that's really huge. Understanding who can be there. And you can't just say this type of staff member. It's not just full time staff members or part time staff members. Like you have to be willing, like Ted said, to go through and be ruthless about it. I think oftentimes we say, oh, you know what? We need to have these eight people in. If you're inviting eight people to a meeting, chances are you only need five of them. Like we have a natural tendency as humans to include a few too many people when in reality wedding invites (laughs) yeah when in reality we could cut down a few and actually be more effective in the meeting get through the meeting quicker and value everyone's time on a higher level and just because someone is invited doesn't mean they're not valued it means for the sake of the organization what you're trying to accomplish in this very specific meeting needs very specific people. And that is not only okay, it's actually really healthy. I can guarantee that there are a bunch of listeners right now who are going like, I wish I would get disinvited from this meeting. <laughs> like, right. like there are certain meetings that are like, I wish I would not be in this meeting anymore. And if that's you, like respectfully go to people in leadership and say, hey, listen, I've been thinking about this. You can do what you want because obviously you're in charge. But I think my time might better be spent helping the organization not being in this meeting. And here's why I, I kind of sit there. I've never really asked any questions. There's never really any items that come onto my plate for it. 
um, that's a really, really smart idea because if, if you're working with an organization, chances are you want to help that organization do its best. And just bringing up little things like that, sometimes it can be really, really tough as the leader to see where your blind spots are in meetings are one where it's just kind of like, well, we're supposed to do meetings, so Mm -hmm. I guess we should do a meeting. But that same mindset, we're supposed to do meetings, so I guess we should do a meeting, is going to trickle down into every single staff member and volunteer leader that you have. So if you're inviting too many people to a meeting that isn't accomplishing what you need it to accomplish, and you're spending that many hours, you are training every single person in your organization to spend that many hours on the same type of meeting. Yeah, it's exponentially larger than you thought it was. Mm -hmm. So if that whole 40 hours hurt a little bit before, multiply that by how many levels of leadership that you are over. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. That's really, really good. So meetings, we talked about phones, some other time management things for organizations. On the flip side of this, I do want to mention one type of meeting that I think is highly valuable. Um And I won't say it's always really great, but I do think it's one that you need to be careful of. Um, I do think that there are times in organizations where it is highly valuable to have every single person at a meeting. Um, But in those, you need to be very careful that those meetings don't devolve into here are all the details that are happening. But those are really the times to have a very clear structure, understand why you're there. And the purpose for being there is to connect everyone to each other, build up that community, build up culture and build up culture. The culture building meetings are so important. And those are ones that you want to get as many people as you can to, um, especially the ones who are core, who are bought in, and then the ones who are kind of on the edge who you want them to understand more about it. Um, because culture is built in those times when you choose to build it. Right. Just because you have a culture meeting doesn't mean you're building culture. There has to be a very specific purpose, and you have to actually design the meeting. The meeting to build culture isn't just going to happen. I mean, you are building culture that way, but it's not the culture that you want. Um, But I do think that those meetings are incredibly valuable if the focus is correct. Yeah, and one of the ways that might help, uh, help to think about meetings, think about them like events. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're someone who likes to plan events and you have like, OK, here's how the event's going to start and here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to talk about that. Remember, a meeting isn't just a bunch of people sitting around a table. It's a it's a small event there. Are, and, and chances are it's a highly like important event. Right. These are the people who are making the decisions, who are doing the stuff. Um and so to to actually have that planned out in a way that's well thought out, isn't just winging it, um, is going to be really, really helpful. So to wrap up this conversation, the first episode of season two, we have a question for you to really think through as part of organizations that are changing the world. What are the areas where you need to work on organizational time management? You know, maybe it's one of the areas we talked about. Maybe it's something that uh, we didn't talk about, but it came to mind. Um, maybe it's your own personal time management, especially as leaders of the organization. Maybe uh, you're setting a bad example. If you're working through that question, you want to bounce it off of somebody, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at office at legacybuildersintl.com. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 